When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. We're moving on to the second portion of the show. If you are a listener of the podcast, you know that we love to play a game on this show. That's called Bullshit or Believe It. That's right. We have a surprise guest in the audience today. Uh, I'd like to invite my guest up. Ladies and gentlemen, actress Maria Thayer is here. Yay! You may have seen her in Eagle Heart. Those who can't. Maria, come up here. Get a mic. Hey, Maria, how are you? Maria's a friend of the show. She's a friend of the show. She was on... Maria, what was your episode about? Do you remember? Of of ours? Oh, I think you were on Johnny... Weren't you with John E. Mack? Not with him, but we did John E. Mack. Yes, he was the Harvard professor. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. But but we... uh, Also, what are you doing here? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Why are you here? (laughs) Let's start with that. Because you were like... Oh no! You I'm told me be- you were doing this, and I said I want to come. Yes, and then you said, "Oh, other people I know are going to be there," and I was like, "Who else do you know that well, oh, is in, into this?" In stuff? Palm Springs, not here. Oh, okay, that okay. makes more sense. Sorry. I'm your weird friend, so that's good. <laughs> um, so when you were I'm really here, glad be- to be here. <laughs> yeah, when you did the show, it's great to see you. By the way, <laughs> um, you didn't get to play this game, no, because we hadn't invented it yet. So what we do is we go down a list of things, and I'm going to ask you if you believe it. If you believe in it. Okay. Or bull, you say bullshit if you don't buy it. Okay. All right? Can I pull the audience sometimes? If you want to, okay. that's Absolutely. fine. We have a live audience here for a reason. <laughs> All right, Maria Thayer, are you ready? Yeah. On your mark. Sure. Get set. Okay. Ghosts. Uh, b- believe it. UFOs. Oh, this is just what I believe. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, don't, no, no, no. Yes. See, for the, you <laughs> have to say two bullshit. answers. Oh, bullshit. All right. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Damn you, I'm Maria I'm going to get in Thera. trouble. No, there's no getting in trouble here. Angels. Uh, bullshit. Gnomes. Believe. This is, thank you. This is also like much scarier yeah, I think to that's do. that's a first gnome believer. I, are you... Well, besides that, me, well, of course, and me, of course. Uh, this is also, I feel like I'm a little gnome-like, so I, like I don't want to self-deny. I mean, you do have that white beard that you have to keep. <laughs> Eventually, that will happen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I just also realized what how much more of a hot seat this is to put you in when there's like a, a crowd of people I, staring at you. When you told me what was going to happen, I thought that you were going to say like, "Is this true or not?" You'd like make up a story and then also a story that you thought was true. Do you know no, what I no, mean? No, this is just my that. personal no, belief we're, system. We're picking at your personal oh my God. Yeah. and putting it on display. For, uh, <laughs> yes. The thing is, I don't, be be- I, I, I don't disbelieve or, or believe in anything. You hardly. know we're not even halfway through this list yet. Oh Here we my go. God. Yeah. Unicorns. Oh, my God. I'm going to pull the audience. <laughs> Does 
any, who believes in unicorns here? <laughs> we got hey, a couple hey, hands. Hey, right. right. We got some people Bryce in the back. Bryce is a big I unicorn proponent. I'm with you two. Big yeah. hands in the back. Yeah. Shadow people. What a beautiful, I don't know what that is. Put your hands up for yeah. all of these. You guys can put your hands yeah, up. For I yeah, I like this. Let's do an audience. Hand up means believe it. We'll go with. All right, we got to believe it. Loch Ness Monster. A lot of believers. Believe yeah. it. Right. Little gray aliens. Oh, yeah. Believe it. That, that, one, yeah. Yeah. Consensus. that one's a softball. Yeah. <laughs> no brainer. Dogman. Just a few. Just a few. Oh, yeah. We Believe got a, a strong dog oh, yeah. Monogamy. <laughs> 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 That's it. <laughs> we got a married couple sitting right up front. But they're the only people. <laughs> <laughs> Raise their you hands. You tricked them, Michael. <laughs> I forgot I put that in there. Parallel universes. <laughs> Believe it. Yep. The Loveland Frogman. Specific. Oh, bullshit. Uh, Never the same. We're saying bullshit. Yeah. Mermaids. Yeah, this is my people. These are my people. Now I think that aliens are just making everything. <laughs> so they can put, they can make a mermaid. Yeah, yeah. sure, man. Um uh Heaven. Oh, interesting. Hell. Yeah. Yeah, bullshit on that one. The other <laughs> half somehow. Strange. Yeti. Yeah, I'm big. That's ah, a bull. That's right everybody. Strong. Yeah. Venusians, a.k.a. hot blondes from Venus. I want to believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for yeah. ESP. <clears throat> big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that seems to be unanimous. Yeah. Chupacabra. Sure. Bullshit. Yeah. has got her in his freezer. <laughs> Demons. Yeah. Oh, probably. Atlantis. Yeah. I don't believe it. That's a full crowd. Yep. Bat Squatch. I had a problem. (laughs) Hey, you had a couple. I'm going to go with you guys. Life on on other planets. I'm so easy. Come on. Sweet. I also love that you just like, I'll I'll believe you. You're like two two people who held up your hand. I'm like, I like this attitude. This is a positive attitude to all these people. All right, world peace. Yo. Oh, oh, one a very enthusiastic person in the back. We got one in the back. Let's hear it for <laughs> optimism. Which world? Which world? Which world? It's a good question. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Peace in the multiverse. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. All right, there it is. You guys were great. That was awesome. Maria, you did a really good job. Yeah. Thanks. You nailed it. <laughs> Really well, well deferred to the crowd. <laughs> yeah, it's a smart. I'm move. very curious about all these things. Well, what's what uh, off this list is, captures your imagination the most? Um, yeah, Atlantis. let's talk about no. Okay, oh, let's, no? let's oh. talk Atlantis. about both. Let's talk about Atlantis. Yeah, why Atlantis? Because it sounds amazing if it's true. Right. I'd love to. It's a it's a city on the the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, do is Aquaman there? Do you think there's people like I swimming even... around down there, or is it just a lost city? A lost city is even better. <laughs> well, you know, Just, a lot of people believe that uh, sort of the Atlantis myth, which came from um, Plato, was, I think, the first to mention it, um, but that a lot of their high priestesses before the Atlantis was destroyed by a cataclysmic event, that some of the uh, high priests sort of made their way to Egypt and settled there and sort of uh, established that mythology, and and, uh, and that from there they, you know, 
that's how it's spread. And you know, does a lot of people is that vibe? With this a lot is like of the drunkest alternate <laughs> history class anyone's <laughs> ever been to. Let me tell you something about Egypt. Oh, anyway, so, all right. So I'm First. saying you're you're uh, you're validated in believing that. But no, do you know who uh, famed uh, psychic Edgar Casey is? No. He oh, you'd like Edgar you'd Casey? Like him. He was awesome. Maria makes crop art, and she's really good at it. You would make a good like corn Edgar Casey. Maybe portrait. for this year's state <laughs> think, fair. Yes. Oh, please yeah. do it. Well, they called him the sleeping prophet. Anyway, he wrote a whole book on on Atlantis. He just took a lot of naps. (laughs) Yeah. And got famous for it. Yeah, he went into uh, these trans... Anyway, he did a lot of work on Atlantis, so... Gnomes. Why gnomes? Oh, I just was saying no to everything, and I I, I, I was saying no because I... (laughs) Don't believe. I don't believe. Like I said, I just like every. I, I, I don't. There's very little I believe in, you know. But and, you said um, believe it to gnomes because I wanted to believe in something, okay. and that seemed like a, the nicest <laughs> thing to believe. That's in. That's very sweet. Those gnomes are gonna appreciate <laughs> it. They they do get a lot of like hate. It's, it's do too they bad. do? Yeah, nobody likes. Nobody yeah, believes. Nobody likes gnomes. It's no one a- believes in them. Um, that's why they're always angry when they're living in your barn. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Maria. There, you're welcome. You can, you're going to stay up here and do high, this week's story of high strangeness with us. Okay, great. Awesome. All right, guys. All right. No so we're out here in the desert in California. We're all making contact. And so I thought, what better place to talk about this? It's going to be so disappointing now because I set it up like it's going to be really rad. It is rad. It is, it rad. is rad. Keep it rad. Edwards Air Force Base is this week's story of high strangeness. Now, Super Producer Riley, you got some. Uh, this almost looks like um, like a uh, uh, retro. What do you call the retro tech when you're back back engineering something from a crashed UFO? Oh yeah, back engineering. Yeah, back well, reverse, reverse, reverse engineering. Thank you. You Same like thing. you look like you've reverse engineered all this stuff from some sort of alien craft. Salvaged parts mainly. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't listen to our show regularly, every week we do a story of high strangeness where we recount a tale from paranormal history, uh, right. and uh, I live score it. So uh, we use different things every time. Brought out the old theremin because I felt like it'd be a good place for it. So <laughs> take it away, Michael. Tell us all about it. Here we go. Located 22 miles northeast of Lancaster, California, Edwards Air Force Base is stationed alongside Rogers Dry Lake Dry Lake Bed in the Mojave Desert. Originally established as Murak Bombing and Artillery Range in 1933, the base became Murak Army Base during the World War II, where flight crews came to train for the battles facing them overseas. In the post-war years, the base became home to advanced aviation tests and experimental aircraft. This is from the Edwards Air Force Base official website. I'm going to ask Bryce... To be his be-, be your best like World War II pilot. Oh, tell yeah. us about this. Is this uh, okay? Cool. <laughs> what? It's my cool voice. I'm my a cool, cool pilot. pilot. Voice. I fly planes. Damn it! On October fourteenth, nineteen forty-seven, Captain Charles E. Chuck Yeager flew the small bullet-shaped airplane to become the first human to exceed the speed of sound with the X-1. Flight testing at Muroc began to assume two distinct identities. Highly experimental research programs such as the X3, X4, X5, and XXF92A were typically flown in conjunction. Doing great with those plane names. Thank you, man. I read this guy's biography; it's amazing. Uh, were typically flown in conjunction with the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, or NACA, and were conducted in a methodical fashion to answer largely theoretical questions. Then, as now, the great bulk of flight testing in Muroc focused on evaluations of the capabilities of aircraft and systems proposed for the operational inventory. 
In December 1949, Muroc was renamed Edwards Air Force Base in honor of Captain Glenn W. Edwards, who was killed a year earlier in the crash of the WB-49 Flying Wing. We got a picture of Chuck Yeager up on this. What were you saying, Maria? I was just saying he was handsome. Wasn't he handsome? <laughs> I know. And he was played by, uh, oh God, in the right stuff. Oh, uh, now you're putting me on the oh, it was who, so who played good. him in the right stuff? Sam Thank Shepherd. you, Sam Shepard. Also, also another... I like the name of his plane. Yeah, that was na- named after his wife, and 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 he glamorous actually... also, also nice. He actually <laughs> demanded they didn't want to put that on the uh, on the the Mach one. Um, what, what's the name of that? It, not the Mach one. That's how, that's the speed of sound that he broke. But anyway, he demanded that he put his wife's name on that plane because you know as a pilot they they often have a lot of uh, superstitions. Anyway, he he felt that having his wife's name on there would keep him safe. And That's so, the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> and so they put it on there for him. Man, that guy was cool. An air of mystery and wonder hangs in the contrail-streaked skies over Edwards. The fabled Area 51 is a remote detachment of the base, and Edwards itself is steeped in UFO lore, as well as host to many stories involving our favorite furry friend, Captain Rudolph P. Bigfoot. That's his official ranking name. I just decided that. Done. Rudolph's a good name for Bigfoot. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I think reindeer. Well, that's just me. <laughs> that's right. According to persistent lore emanating from Edwards, not one but multiple Sasquatches are said to roam the desert landscape surrounding the military compound. Now, we covered some of these stories in episode 30, Tales of the Desert Sasquatch, but let's revisit a few of the strange stories that have trickled out of the fabled Air Force Base. Three retired servicemen who were once stationed at Edwards in the 1970s, a lieutenant, a major, and a self-proclaimed grunt, spoke to Bigfoot researcher Doug Trapp on the strict basis of anonymity about the nocturnal, large, hairy creatures that were known to exist around Edwards in the 1970s. I feel like you're calling to these animals with that theremin, and it's... We're going to walk outside. There's going to be, like, a pack of Sasquatch out there. That, that was my goal. That's, that's what I came <laughs> yeah, here to you do. Get it. That's what we're doing here. Now, according to Trapp's story, all three men confirmed that Edwards was a major, talking major location for testing top secret military aircraft, obviously, and that the base was a UFO hotspot. The retired lieutenant that Trapp interviewed went so far to acknowledge that these UFOs were indeed extraterrestrial, and that the military knew very little about their origins. Now, sidebar, this is um, this is sort of contradicts the legend of the two alleged meetings that took place between President Dwight D. Eisenhower and some alien greys at Edwards Air Force Base back in 1954 when allegedly a pact was made between our government and the aliens uh, that in exchange for the aliens abducting humans for the purpose of genetic testing, the U.S. government would gain access to advanced technology. This is referred to in uh, referred to as the Tau Nine Treaty. Mm. Now, whether the Air Force knew anything or nothing about the UFOs spotted over Edwards is a debate for another time. But, but according to this anonymous lieutenant. And these guys spoke to Trap, uh, like, we're like, we'll go on record, but we're not going to tell you our names. He and his crew knew little about the origins of the strange aircrafts often witnessed overhead, except to say that they were 
indeed extraterrestrial. What the servicemen at Edwards didn't know more a bit more about, because apparently they saw them constantly, were the nocturnal Bigfoot entities that stalked the Mojave Desert. While conducting Starscope surveillance late one night in the 1970s, an officer reported a large being casually infiltrating the perimeter of the base. When the lieutenant that spoke to Trap arrived on the scene to investigate, he got a good look at what appeared to be a tall, hairy, bipedal hominid at the distance of 500 meters, scanning the ground as if it was looking for something. A helicopter was sent out to investigate the creature, and it took off into the wilderness, bounding across the desert rocks like a deer before vanishing into the night. You are enjoying this a lot. <laughs> I've been saving the theremin for contact in the desert. Dang, I'm pretty dude. excited about it. Where have you been hiding that theremin, yo? In my, in my UFO hangar, of course. So this picture is actually uh, from uh, uh, Joshua Tree Park. Uh, National Tree Park. This is of the alleged Yucca Man, and yep. he hangs out close to where we are. Yeah, this was taken by uh, this uh, hiker. Took this one night. He was out in pitch black and was snapping photos of the night desert, which you just do for some reason. Yeah, and later got his photos developed and saw this entity in his uh, in his photograph. But I mean, it's a great, it's a cool, spooky little, you know. Desert Bigfoot Can anyone picture. doubt that picture? <laughs> I mean, that is verifiable I'm going to turn around and drive straight back to Los Angeles. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's out <laughs> here. <laughs> Sasquatch activity around the base increased in the early 70s with servicemen observing packs of these creatures, always at night, that included not only males, but females and juveniles as well. There was an entire Bigfoot community living nearby. Officers were told by command to observe, but not to kill the entities. Command was suspicious that the hairy hominids may have had some relationship to the UFOs. Now, one of the men that spoke with Trap theorized that the Bigfoot entities felt safe in the presence of the military base because they could sense they would not be harmed by the Air Force. And they also talked about how they seem to have some sort of telepathic empathy connection with these animals. Like, they weren't freaked out by them and... and, and uh, the Bigfoot weren't scared of, of the servicemen, which is, you know, which is wild. Weird. The creatures were even seen roaming through the underground tunnels beneath Edwards. All of this activity was allegedly filmed and kept confidential by the Air Force, not because they wanted to keep the existence of Bigfoot from the public, but because they didn't want to let on the fact that their secretive military base was penetrable. Yeah, seriously. They were worried about, like, teenagers driving out there and being like, and and driving down or going out there and trying to like break into the base once they heard these stories. I think though that's bearing the lead quite a bit. <laughs> Paranormal investigator Bobby Ann Slate discovered one such creature was nicknamed Blue Eyes after his glowing blue peepers. An MP by the name of Sergeant House encountered Blue Eyes one night while patrolling the old sled tracks. Sergeant House claimed, and Maria, you're going to play Sergeant House. This is his uh, oh, good. story right here, and here's the rest of it. We're high tech here. We okay. still print things out on paper. Uh, heading back to the main house, I noticed maybe 200 or 300 yards to my left, those large blue eyes. I do a lot of night hunting, and it was strange. They were larger than anything I'd ever seen before. The blue eyes had to be about four inches apart and seven feet off the ground. I stopped the truck and sat there watching them. Scary. 
it was they're too, beautiful. They're beautiful. It was too eyes. dark to see any body shape to the thing. The blue glows proceeded toward my truck at a right angle for about a hundred yards and then stopped. The movement of the blue eyes was extremely fast. Another thing that bothered me was that they didn't bob up and down. It was like two lights on a wire moving from one point to another. Scary. Yeah. That just reminds me of like an old haunted house like effect of like a like a ghost coming down on a zip line or something. Maybe he was zip lining down there. <laughs> it's possible. There's a lot of uh, outdoor activity down there. It's fun. It's out in the wilderness. Yeah. According to Doug Trapp's story, the Air Force eventually concluded that the neighboring Bigfoot community was not extraterrestrial, but instead an uncategorized animal species native to our planet. How they came to this conclusion is unknown. There are a lot of holes in these stories, but at least one official Air Force document acknowledges Blue Eyes and the other creatures spotted around the base, an issue of Inside Edwards, the official Edwards Air Force Base newsletter. Ken Lane wrote about this in the winter 2015 issue of Desert Oracle. According to a 2009 article in the base newsletter, Inside Edwards, the entity known as Blue Eyes, was much discussed at a reunion of the 6,510th Air Police Squadron officers who worked on the base between 1973 and 1979, known as the Desert Rats. Attendees traded memoir, memories of their bizarre experiences on patrol, such as seeing Blue Eyes, the local version of a Yeti near South Base, or Marvin of the Mojave, a ghost who could be heard but not seen, and left size 10 sneaker imprints in the sand. Lisa Camplin of the 95th Security Forces Squadron wrote in the official Edwards newsletter, newsletter the now-retired Edwards guards also recalled observing unexplainable objects in the skies and seeing disappearing taillights on the dry lake beds. So it's funny, it's like that, for all intents and purposes, that is a military document. Yeah. And there are all these people that worked on there. It's like, we saw weird shit all the time. Basically. That's what they said. They should have called that newsletter (laughs) weird shit. Weird shit. (laughs) So what about the UFO activity at Edwards? I mentioned the supposed meeting between a U.S. president and a crew of aliens back in 1954, but none of that is on the record. However, a few UFO encounters are. In 1957, test pilot and future NASA astronaut Gordon Cooper claimed to have witnessed a flying saucer touch down 50 yards away from Cooper's team during a test rocket launch. Cooper and his men, this guy is a highly decorated astronaut, Cooper and his men approached the craft, which had landed, and they said three legs came out like a tripod and touched down, left imprints in the sand. And as they approached, the um, the craft took back off, hovered over them, and then just shot straight up into the sky and disappeared. He never... Oh, he the encounter was photographed, and Cooper, being like, this is insane, <laughs> sent the pictures to the Pentagon... And, or sent the film, and they were like, oh, he developed, here's what happened. He de- he didn't develop the pictures, but he he developed the negatives, right? So the negatives, and, and they said, don't look at them, don't print any pictures, send it directly to us. And he was like, well, I'm going to at least look at these negatives. And he could see that the craft was in there. They got amazing pictures of this UFO. And then he sent it to the Pentagon, and he was waiting to hear back, and they never got back to him. It just, just the CIA just took it, and it, he was just like, oh, he always wondered whatever happened. 
On October 7th, 1965, dozens of strange lights were reported over the skies of Edwards, and not the strange kind of lights emanating from experimental aircraft the Air Force may have been developing at that time. Fighter jets scrambled to investigate the UFOs. On-duty pilot Daryl Clark described the objects as such. Why don't you read Daryl Clark first, Bryce? Sure. Daryl says, I grabbed the binoculars and got a better look. The UFO was about 10 miles northwest of my position at first sighting. It continued south until it was almost due west of me. There it made a 90-degree right turn and started to climb at a 45-degree to 50-degree angle. All I could see was the pulsating, not rotating light and what appeared to be a small cloud pushed by a vehicle I could not see. So this photo that I just put up of a UFO is, this encounter, there was no photos, but this is over Holloman Air Force Base. This was mm-hmm. taken back in the early 60s, so around the same time. The UFO never leveled off. It just continued to climb. Aircraft always show movement in relation to stars, but this light moved higher. It seemed to become stabilized with the stars. In other words, it appeared to move right out into space until it finally passed out of view. According to a tower operator's official report, and you can look this up, the document's there. Um, it was part of the Freedom of Information Act. Seven objects in total were visually uh, were uh, seven objects in total were visual visual that night. Four of the objects appeared to hover and then rise in a near vertical direction. These objects looked like all the other stars and then seemed to blend in with the stars. The three other objects just seemed to fade from view after a short time, and that. There was no discernible pattern to the flight paths of the objects when considered as a whole. That's all taken directly from this report that this tower operator wrote. The incident was recorded in Project Blue Book, which would be officially which would officially shut down by was shut down by the Air Force four years later, with the frustrating and misleading conclusion that there has been no evidence indicating that sightings categorized as unidentified are extraterrestrial vehicles. And one of the strangest UFO legends to come out of Edwards is the abduction case of Lorraine Cordini. This one is wild. This one we could do an entire episode about. As if Bigfoot penetrating Edwards Air Force Base underground tunnels isn't. Get a load of this. All right. So the story goes that in the summer of 1971, civilians living near Edwards were alerted by a loud rumbling and a huge crashing sound. Multiple witnesses went out into the desert and discovered a crashed saucer with two dead aliens, one alien still alive and, like, walking around dazedly, and among the wreckage was a human female wearing a pink bodysuit who later became identified as Lorraine Cordini. The military arrived, guns drawn, kicked all the civilians out, and then threw a canvas over the craft and the trucks took everything back to Edwards. And the civilians were like, the people who lived around there, they're like, well, we're definitely hearing about this in the news tomorrow. And then nothing nothing came, of course. So, apparently Lorraine, who identified herself later in her life, had been abducted the night before, outfitted into a pink suit by the aliens... (laughs) And this all came out through, you know, uh, years of therapy and all this stuff. That um, And the craft that had crashed, for reasons that she does not know, was a smaller pod ship that had descended from a mothership on its way to return Lorraine to her home. Weird. 
Now, it would be years before Lorraine underwent hypnotic regression, and now, after talking to Daryl, I'm a little worried that maybe that was a bad idea. But um, she uncovered all these missing memories from this incident, but claims that while being... uh, But she claims that while being handcuffed and taken away in a black limousine to Edwards, she received a telepathic message from a humanoid woman with brown hair and was uh, and standing in a white robe. This vision came to her. And the woman was uh, uh, surrounded by little alien greys. And in this telepathic message, the woman apologized to Lorraine and promised that she and her alien and the alien race would... Um, rescue her and come for her and she said we'll be there shortly and uh, everyone will know about us and it's going to be okay and then they just never showed up they completely left her is Lorraine still alive? yes I I don't know if she's still alive but she came out later this is like in the 90s that she started telling this story and um, there was a, a, a researcher by the name, I think it's Alberto Rosales who discovered this, contacted her, and then led her to the therapist to get these stories out. So, the crash at Edwards remains the stuff of of legend. Much like the stories about Bigfoot and UFOs buzzing Rogers Dry Lake Bed and the location where Chuck Yeager once made history. But one thing is irrefutable. Edwards Air Force Base remains a beacon of scientific breakthrough an endless mystery. Mm. Perhaps its legacy is all the evidence we need that contact in the desert has already happened. <laughs> Touche. And that like concludes you did that. this week's story go. of High Strangers. There you oh, go. there you go. There's my dashboard. That was a mistake. Uh, here's my laptop. <laughs> um, so, Maria. Yeah. Bullshit or believe it? Oh, bullshit or believe what? Edwards the, Air the, Force the, the Base. The Bigfoot. The, the 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 crash saucer, the UFOs. I, I said I just I, I I have to have like so much evidence to believe to say believe it. Right. But I don't think bullshit either. That blurry picture of brown Sasquatch wasn't enough. No, I no, not. you're gonna need. It. <laughs> Damn. Right. What do you guys think? Bullshit or believe it? What's going on? At, believe it. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. What's crazy is that, like, I mean, we all know that uh, it would be easy for something like. Uh, an undiscovered primate to hide in the woods of the Pacific Northwest. But when you start hearing and reading about these stories, which are quite a few of them, of, uh, of these desert Sasquatches, it really, you know... It, all homegrown in California. All homegrown <laughs> in California, but it's like, where are these things going to hide? What well, they, they see there's underground caves, and that they go into the caves and into the like uh, underneath the mountains and stuff. Out yeah, the no, it's, 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 it's nuts. It's really interesting. I, I, I find that fascinating. Of course, we the, know uh, where you think they go. Yeah, some uh, interdimensional portal. I'm not so sure. I might be changing the name of my tune to be... What? Like, more of this a, is breaking news. What, uh, Bryce? This is we Bryce just Portal Johnson. <laughs> we just changed the logo yeah, of the show. Have, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. You bastard. <laughs> I don't know if I vibe with that. No, uh, no, that still makes sense uh, to you me. You are a traitor. No, no, that still <laughs> makes sense to me. everything we hold dear. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, right. We'll yeah. just change it. Right. Oh, great. Now it's just coming out it of a rock. It just need a cave, man. If you had a cave there, it'd be good. I'm so exciting. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, I, I, I don't get that, like, these Edward Air Force higher-up intelligence officials, like, seeing a big, Bigfoot, like, combing through their underground base and just going, leave it alone. Just, uh, 
I think they shooed them away. because <laughs> right. I think they go. escorted them out. Go. go, 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 go. Just, yeah. Like there's one. There's like a, a soldier down there with a broom, and he's just kind of <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like right. when a bird gets <laughs> trapped in your house. Totally. Yeah. Crazy shit, man. I know. What do you think, Riley? I think we should see if anybody has any questions before we wrap this up. Yeah, All right, let's, do, let's some, do that. Let's do some Q&A. Anybody, you guys have been we, a, a It's Q&A time. Audience. All right, great. Anything um, come up in your mind since here, we've been let's do, um, up here I have so many questions. Great. You do. But just with a, yeah. Well, there we great. Go. <laughs> Good. All right, yeah, don't be shy. Yes. Oh, I have an answer for you. Oh, All right. Oh, oh, answers are even better than questions. That's what we're talking about. Oh, great. <laughs> I didn't no, call I, to contact uh, in the desert and not get answers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I had myself hypnotized one time. And uh, because I wanted to find out, uh, I had an experience. I was a Sasquatch at one time. I, I had this vision, you know. So I went to a hypnotizer and actually to a, no, I should say a channeler. He channeled, uh-huh. he channeled, channeled Shirley McLean, uh, Kevin Ryerson. And... Um, I talked to an enti- uh, to a spirit, uh, Atun Ray, and I asked him, "Have I ever been a Sasquatch?" And he that's said, "Maybe the greatest question that's ever been asked." Yeah, really. exactly. We are asking ourselves that. Come on. <laughs> so now he he said, "Well, just a moment." He checked my Akashic records, and then he said, "No, but you lived in Northern California, and you were friends with Sasquatch. You watched their kids every now and then." Mm. I said, "How cool!" But then he said. Well, Sasquatch are on the endangered species list of the universe. So you probably have maybe seen some um, uh, UFOs come by. They check on them periodically. And I think, I mean, that's just what I just popped into my mind now when you talked about uh, Edwards Air Force Base. Um, They have had contact with aliens at the Air Force Base. Mm. So maybe the aliens told them, don't do anything to them because they are under our protection. So they I are like so that theory. I like, I like that, that a lot. Answer. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did no. you get an answer? So you weren't you weren't a Sasquatch. You were just friends. I was Sasquatch friends with them. I was and a Native Sasquatch American, oh. and I took care of that area. It was sacred, and I was friends with them. Have you ever had an encounter with a Sasquatch? Have you ever seen one? No. No, I have not seen one. Have you heard them or no, I went, I went telepathically? To the, <laughs> no, I went Any to, that? No. no, I didn't do that either. I just, uh, one time I, I, I lived in a little town in Northern California, and I used to do my morning, uh, I walked around uh, the town before I went to work. So, you know, one morning I was walking and I was thinking about all kinds of things. And all of a sudden I found myself walking like this. This feels right. This just feels good. Just go with it. I don't know where that came from. Just connect with this. Oh my gosh. What was your name? Barbara. Barbara. Thank you so much, Barbara. Anybody else have a question or or like a a mini L file type of experience you want to share? Right up here. We go. And it's, uh, tell me your name again. My name's Katie. 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 I knew it started with a K. Um, so this is referencing back to older episodes, so maybe everybody doesn't know. That's but you, okay. We'll fill them you in. You mentioned, and it scared me, that you saw Gray's. Yes. And we woke up in the middle of the night. I think you said your dog. I don't remember the, the whole. That's pretty much I'll it. I'll tell that story. Do you want to hear about that or no? Oh, no. Do well, you want me to scare you again? Are you asking me to scare you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just curious. Do you think that you were possibly abducted? 
Um, I used to really be scared of that when I was a kid. I remember the first time uh, I ever saw a picture of an alien gray. I was at B. Dalton Bookshop at Oak Park Mall in, oh, in wow, Kansas. You do remember. Oh, he's from Kansas. Are you really? Right. Oh, awesome. Kansas City. KC represent. Me too. And I, um, I remember finding the book Communion and seeing that alien gray, and I was like, it scared me so bad, but it felt like something that was familiar, but I had never seen it before. And then I was always creeped out about that. My sister has a story that she has a very vivid memory when she was little in the house that we grew up in of late at night going to her window and looking out and seeing the entire ground light up. I had, I had a situation similar to Riley's where I woke up in the middle of the night and I was staring at my digital clock and the, the lights were green, but in the when I was waking up, it looked like a green robot that was like emitting mist. And I go, okay, it's happening again. Don't worry about it. Just chill out. It'll be fine. It sucks, but it's it's gonna end, and then you're not gonna remember. And then as I was doing that, I started to come out of it and I just saw my clock form and I was like, that is the weirdest, weirdest thing. That is, I've ever thought or felt. It was like this real deep, like, okay, we've been through this before. Don't worry about it. But Mm. the thing that I saw at the window, I don't know if it was a gray or not, because I only saw it in silhouette. I woke up at 4 o'clock, that hour hour of high strangeness. My dog was growling and then started barking like his vicious uh, guard dog bark. And my other dog ran out and started barking. And I was just marched out there trying to shut everybody. I was like, shut up. And I looked up, and at the window, there's lights that project onto my drawn curtain outside. This is the window right outside my, uh, my home. And I could see something standing there that had a long... It was just the neck and head, and the neck was really long, and the head was that... I call it like that inverted spoon. It looked like an inverted spoon mm-hmm. shape. And I remember going, well, that looks like an alien, <laughs> and not being scared. And then it turned its head... And I could see where the back of the skull and the neck connected, and it, like, undulated. And it almost looked, like, at profile, like a golf wedge. You know, it wasn't as, like, long as, like, E.T., but it it, it moved. And there was – and that's when I went, oh, shit, and turned on the lights, and then it ran off. And then my buddy, my neighbor, I thought – uh, he had originally he I thought it was my neighbor coming home, and I go out into the porch and I'm looking around, and he comes out on his porch and I go, uh, hey, did you just get home? And he's like, no, what what's going on? What's going on with the dogs? And I was like, well, I don't want to freak you out, and I left out that it looked like an alien, but I said someone was staring in the window, and he goes, that's so creepy, and I go, why? He goes, because I've been home for an hour. He works work nights. He's like, I've been watching Netflix in my back bedroom. And I kept taking out my earbuds because I could have sworn something was in the house watching me. And his deck, his deck door had been open the entire time. So I don't know what that was. It was the weirdest thing that happened. There was no other phenomenon. There were no lights. There was no anything. I didn't feel like experiencing any missing time. But I, I almost felt like, and we've talked about this a few times on the show, that it, I had caught a glimpse of something passing through that I wasn't supposed to see. Almost like it felt more akin to like if you happen to see a leprechaun running by, you know, but it was it looked it was more the shape of an alien. Yeah. And that's what it felt like to me. Like I caught a glimpse of something um, that was naturally occurring, maybe part of this 
even maybe terrestrial, but not supposed to see. And I think he heard my bulldog snoring and was like, what is that? And was kind of looking at him. (laughs) But I knew he was looking at my dog for a while because the growling had been going low growling for a good minute or two before he finally started barking. But anyway, I stole your uh, moment there. But that, yeah, that was a weird. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we have a little bit of time left. Right, if right, anyone right. has any more questions else, yeah, or yeah, want to tell a story, yeah. Blue. Yeah, I have a question. You guys seem like deep thinkers on this on this topic, so I thought maybe I could pose this one to you. The, um, and you started talking about it already, which is here in, in our mammalian presence on this planet, uh, humans, dogs, cats seem to have a fear response to the paranormal. And we get this sense sometimes that something's watching us. And we, we all know that feeling. People are cringing in the audience. Mm-hmm. We, you, we just know. Uh, you know, there's this um, uh, sixth sense or something. But then uh, whether it's confirmed or not, especially if it is confirmed, we get this overwhelming sense of fear and dread. Yeah. What's that about? Well, I can speak on Good that. Question. You know, uh, scientists are discovering. Uh, have you ever heard of something called infrasound? So, infrasound is a, something that they uh, that they're detecting now. God, in different you really anim- have changed. <laughs> this isn't going to be a paranormal. No, answer. no, no, no. But uh, but an animal species like tigers and alligators, possibly even uh, some bird species as well. But um, they they say it's a, a low detectable growl, inaudible to our own ears, but at it, it, uh, at a frequency that's uh, too low for us to detect. And they think in like tigers, they send out this emitting growl um, to their prey before they attack it. And it, it almost renders them um, in paralysis, leaving them so afraid and, and, and as to not move, to give them that, that extra few seconds it needs to, uh, for them to attack. But, but uh, you know, there, people are, I've read some stories that make the link of like, you know, a lot of people that, in these woods, when they have these what's uh, Bigfoot experiences, you know, a lot of people report having that same sort of feeling, where they're just this ominous fear, this uh, this indescribable feeling, and even like some a, a lot of the things you'll hear in these Bigfoot stories too is that the is that uh, the nature gets really quiet. You know, birds stop chirping, crickets stop. You know, there's no noise. Um, which is very strange. And, you know, people describe this sort of very ominous fear. I felt it myself once, and it was a, it, all I wanted to do was just get the hell out of there. You know, I didn't hear any sort of, like, um, footsteps around or anything like that. But uh, it was actually when I was filming Willow Creek, uh, Bobcat took me to this area way down, and, uh, and he was like, I want, I want to get a shot down here. And, and I was like, I remember just, I remember just, like, like I said, you heard birds, and then everything just stopped. It got really, really quiet, and I just had the overwhelming feeling that something was watching, and there's, like, all the hairs on my body kind of stood up, and I all I, all I remember is just, like, I, w- I want to go. I was like, Bob, did you get it? Did you get it? Like, Let me get a few more. I was like, no, we got to go. We got to get the fuck out of here. But, uh, yeah, so, no, there's, uh, there's definitely uh, perhaps some sort of an emitting frequency that uh, the animals are capable of putting out. They can uh, they can render that fear. We heard uh, we had um, Adela Levine, who's a intuitive and medium, and she's really awesome. You should look up her work. She has actually a podcast called The Witch and the Medium. 
She was on the show uh, last week or the week before. Bryce wasn't there. He was working on his top secret project that he won't tell anybody about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll find out soon. Uh, and she offered an explanation that I thought was really interesting that the other side that the, 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 that we cross over to when we die is basically it's overlapped with this dimension. It is really ju- it's right here. And she said that animals have a because of they just they're 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 able to see and experience that dimension more than than we are. They have more sensory access to it. So they will often see things that are in the room with us or passing through. It's this overlapped, you know, spirit realm. And that that's what she says that's about. Now, why it fills us with dread, I don't know. I'm scared of the unknown. I mean, one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I had that weird experience. I'm fascinated by this stuff. And in a way, I think we're all trying to, like, overcome our certain, you know, we're, we're scared about different things on yeah, the show. That's a big thing about overcoming um, fear. For sure. You're really scared of ghosts and I'm more <laughs> freaked out. You are. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, but I'm more freaked out by the alien stuff. Right. But I don't know. So I think it maybe those little moments where we go, I think something is hap- happening. Yeah. You know? I just think a big part of what we're here to do is confront that fear. I, I think that's a big part of, uh, getting good with your mortality and your place in the universe. And so I don't necessarily think that that initial fear reaction is a bad thing. I think it's something that is there to sort of teach us a lesson about our place in the universe and, you know, getting past our own ego. And, you know, I I think that fear is like, it's ego death. It's the ego calling out like, no, 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 I'm in control. I'm in control. This is, I, reality is, is this, you know, and, and that's a scary thing to shake that foundation. But I think it's one of the best things we can do as a, you know, human being. So that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. My son walks down the hallway now when it's dark and he literally for like, he'll come in and bother my wife when we're trying to like relax and watch some TV at night. It's like, okay, I need somebody to tuck me back in. And we're like, dude, your bedroom is literally three feet. He's like, yeah, but it's dark from there to there. And it's just totally. like, he needs somebody to like walk him back. And then, uh, lately he'll be like, Face the fear, it'll disappear. Face it. Nice. Like, that's I it. Like that's that. it, man. Yeah, now cool. get to your room. Go to bed. Maria, were you scared of the dark as a kid? Last night, when I got home, <laughs> I pretended that I was on the phone with somebody because I was scared somebody was in my house. Because I thought, oh, no. oh if they if they're gonna attack me, they'll be they'll know that <laughs> Some... that that I'm at least talking to somebody. They're like, oh shit, she's on a call. <laughs> That's <laughs> not to bother her. <laughs> I'll was come a, back. Uh, this is a bad idea. Yeah. What am I doing here? I'm glad this is working out. I'm just going to sneak out the bathroom window the way I came in and quietly disappear into what the night. What a weird instinct to have. Also, I love, so that, I, I love that. I love that. Like That's three smart. men, straight men, are up here being like, "I'm scared of ghosts." And yeah, the aliens are I'm like, "I have people. a real threat that there might be <laughs> yeah. a human being in my house." <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Before we go, I want to thank Contact in the Desert. Uh, I want to thank uh, Lisa, Victoria, Crystal for helping us put this show together. I want to thank yep. everybody at the back of the room who helped make this happen. You guys are awesome. Thank you to the listeners. Thank yeah, you guys we really for coming. Appreciate it. This thank was you guys. so cool. We didn't know if there'd be anybody here, honestly. Um, yep. You can follow us, Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram, Twitter, Bigfoot underscore C Club, the worst name that Bryce has ever come up with for a Twitter account. Um, I also have stickers for you guys. Come up and get a free sticker. Uh, you know, swag's fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank have a good guys. night. And until Appreciate next it. week, go get regrets.
Wiley Gray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sunny, courtesy of Lotus Blue Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.